What up, my Wednesday Warriors? We are here with another Vibrant, and this one is going to be quite unique. We've got the oh-so-exemplary keeper of the Templess Aquaria with us, Kalina Lux. We talked to her last year on Interverse, basically a year ago in February, and it's incredible how far the process of developing her dream into reality has come since then. I heard her on Crow Triple Seven not too long ago discussing all the ways that her work is helping people and her organization is growing so that it's not just all on her, although she's definitely, definitely putting the brunt of the work in and I'm really excited to get into it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Kalina, how are you doing? Hi, I'm really good. So first of all, before we start, can you tell us about all the ways that, you know, we can prove that you're not a spook? oh man so i didn't even know what the word spook was so he had to break it down for me basically that like it means agent and this is so hilarious because it's my it's my karma i (laughs) i'm always like the person that's like that person's an agent they have more than ten thousand followers they're an agent and i admit it's kind of like a flaw so yeah um, if you think I'm an agent, guess what? My name, the Gamatria, 33. And I've got Lux in my last name. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man, those are some evil symbols. Watch out. My last name is 33 in Gamatria, too. So I'm right there with you. How many followers? I, I don't have 10,000 followers yet. Where's my backup, CIA? Give me some of those bots. What the heck? <laughs> We're like beeline agents. <laughs> <laughs> The bots will show up in the chat to share weird Russian porn sites. Don't don't worry. They'll be there. <laughs> and I want to say hi to all the people in the chat. We got Lateral, Israel Adams, Slick Dissident, Zoka, Sunseed, Clint, Tracy, Mario, Symbolic Studies. Good to see you, man. I figured you might pop up here. And on the Rockfin side, Kaylee and Kabir. Say hi if you guys are out there. Definitely let us know if you have questions about anything we're talking about today. Hello, James. Hello, Ariel. And yes, Lateral, this is a selenite staff made of bamboo. And I've got a new setup where I can stand and talk so I can hold a wizard staff. It's way better than the old way. The energy is great. So yeah, let's talk about Templus Aquaria. You know, where where have you been? What have you been doing since last February when we talked on Interverse? Gosh, yeah, that was, it feels like ages ago. So I erected the temple. There's not like an actual temple yet. That's in the, in the works. But, um, I guess I've just really been working on the legal aspects of getting Temple Sequoia as a church, right? Up and running and with the whole world caving in on us, seemingly, I was like, all right, I got to just study. And so I've been studying a bunch on the law series with Crow and basically every law guru I could find. And also, you know, I've like managed to get Temple Sequoia. I've remodeled it. The remodel is like almost complete um, with all the things that I needed in terms of the Airbnb and the temple stay. And I've built like some really beautiful bathtubs on the outside. And yeah, I've, I've just been having a lot of fun actually, like dance parties and having temple service, which consists of more dance parties and bonfires and waterfall splashes. And, and of course, prayer and breath work. Um, yeah, I've just been, I guess, really leveling up like you have also. Dang, dude, I've been listening to a few of your shows and the guests that you guys have on and like the what you're talking about. Yeah. I just talked to Mike Winter today. That'll be the next Universe episode, the Alpha Vedic 
co-host with Bear Lando. And man, I'm now like thinking about how do I work myself up to drink pee? <laughs> that's how that's how deep he, he got with me. But like, he's, you know, people are swearing by that. But that's a side subject. All Maybe of it's not Instagram boys, all of you little Instagram spiritual boys, like ugh, you're all drinking your own urine. I don't know what girls doing it. You. Yeah, but it's mostly guys. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's easier for us to collect it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we maybe didn't mention, but you're living, you're not there right now. You're actually on a trip, which is cool, but you're living in Puerto Rico. Well, I'm in Puerto Rico. I didn't end up oh, having okay. to go. I, my, my trip got um, delayed. So I'm not going to Arizona, thankfully, because I really don't want to be there. But yeah, no, I'm on the West Coast. So I did travel like two and a half hours to my mom's house. I'm yeah. going to just play some clips and things of the beautiful land that you're on because you sent so much we can kind of talk over the yeah. visuals and let people see the paradise that you are cultivating it's amazing thank you yeah so like this is the parking lot and when we have temple gatherings like people will come i'll teach capoeira or we'll have dance parties or do yoga and um this is the statue of aquarius that was already there on the land when i got it there's two of them and uh, yeah, so this is the PMA agreement, which is basically like puts us in our own jurisdiction. So if you listen to that Crow episode, you guys would probably know a little bit about PMAs. And those are all our bylaws. Um, yeah, but this is my house. Yeah, let's pause on that point, actually, the PMA point. Also, we talked about in the last time we had a conversation on the air, how you manifested that land and the fact that there were Aquarius statues already on it is mind blowing for anyone that didn't catch that detail. Right. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything about it was super synchronistic, like from the fact that I was seeing that waterfall in my visions, uh, we'll get to the waterfall. I was seeing the waterfall in my visions prior to ever finding the property and like how it found me. I was basically washing the dishes and this ad, which I thought was an ad was playing on YouTube. And I was like, oh God, the song sucks so bad. And then finally I went to go change the song because it was like eight minutes into it and I couldn't handle it anymore. And it was that waterfall of a property. And it wasn't even an ad, like a paid ad. It was an ad um, like for a realtor locally. And there were hardly any views on it. Anyways, yeah, that kind of like it found me, you know. So this sign here that we're zooming in on is going over some of the agreements of the private membership association. And we've talked about this conceptually, but we haven't really gotten into it with anybody that's executing this plan effectively. So maybe we should talk about some of how that works and why that's working for what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Like what part specifically? Well, just like uh, why, why using a PMA and what advantages are there to that in terms of your mission and what you're trying to achieve and Maybe how it's helping you help other people, especially in the age of cooties tyranny, because I know <laughs> that that's been a big part of it. Yeah. So um, having a PMA, Capoeira, yeah. Yeah, Capoeira. <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it was my life for a little bit, but I live alone in the woods. So now I basically, uh, I only train alone. But um, yeah, so the PMA, right? Um, because we are doing what we're doing, we have to choose to operate in the private and, 
the private membership association really works because individuals don't have rights. Associations of people do. That's why, um, you know, you hear things like we the people, uh, because if you're just coming at this from an individual perspective, you don't tend to get respected with rights and, and you know, personal rights. Um, and because you're operating in the private, I'm basically using the same thing that like the nasty people in the world use, like all the billionaires and trillionaires, right? Those guys that are like away, like they're beyond what we have um, in terms of money and power. They protect themselves using the PMA. And I actually, I should have sent you this video. I just, yeah, next time. But it was George Soros actually giving a talk about why to use the PMA and how it protects them and they don't have to abide by any rules and basically they're out of their jurisdiction. So we're using the same thing that they do. So everything that they're using, we can use that against them and just alchemize it to um, be of our benefit. So in my case, because I was needing to write religious exemptions to protect people, particularly on the island, but also other way, other places. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, I just needed that extra layer of protection to become a church and a PMA. So how's that applied to, you know, helping people with, you're able to help people with religious exemptions too, right? Because it's not just a PMA, but it's classified as like a religious organization. Yeah. So first we were a church, right? First we became a 508C1A, which is not to be confused with a 501C3, which means you're in the jurisdiction of the government, right? Um, but then because I... I'm not that way. I'm a First Amendment church, or we are, right? Um, I later became a PMA, which added just another layer of protection on top of it. Okay. Um, and and you're, uh, to, you're, what's I that? I just have to admit something really quick. Today, because this is going to be like past my bedtime, um, I, I did like a Gerson therapy style enema with coffee and I'm like super jittery. Have you ever, Has that ever happened to you? Where you like do a coffee enema and you're just like, what the fuck? I've never done an enema of any sort. Oh, okay. So, but I have drank too much coffee before, and maybe the effect is similar. But I've never boofed my coffee. I know Snake Jones is about it. I know he's done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might as well. If you're going to be drinking your own urine, the next logical step. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'm, I'm on the edge of being convinced to do it. He made a really good case. I'm going to find a more of an expert to talk about it. But I wonder, like, even if that's good for you, um, if it's still necessary. But I don't know. I mean, how many other taboos and stigmas ended up being inversions of truth, yeah, right? Totally. I guess my only thing would be like, make sure you don't have heavy metals in your body because urine is the main pathway for detoxing heavy metals. So if you've done your good work in detoxing heavy metals, then you should be okay. I've heard like a lot of good things in terms of plasma and all this kind of stuff. It's really good. I've, I've seen what these dudes um, for their spiritual practice because now they're like, oh, well, I'm not such a horrible person because they're like, drinking their own urine. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, what you just said is key. If anyone's like considering that, I know this is a huge sidebar, but you want to make sure you're fully detoxed and eating a clean diet. Otherwise what you're eliminating is not going to be something you want to put back in. Anyway, <laughs> this is something you already got into your, um, you got into on your crow show, but I want to talk about, like legal paperwork and your journey to being able to provide that for people and what that means, like that you can't necessarily, I'm assuming you can't necessarily do everything for them, but that if they know their stuff, 
you can give them a leg up with being a part of your organization? And how does that work? Like maybe some real world examples, if you, if you may, of uh, assisting people through tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, basically I look at it like, I'm lending people my spiritual practice for that time frame. If they're, cause a lot of these people are coming to me like, well, I'm going to lose my job. They're kicking me out of school, whatever. And so essentially I have written a 16 page religious exemption that, you know, it exempts you from the three things that we probably can't say publicly, the V, the error and um, the cloth on your face. Right. So I think you can say mask actually, but yeah. So our exemption uh, basically goes through all of the statutes and codes and also a lot of Bible quotes, because like you said, we can read any kind of ancient text and then we can alchemize that to align with our spirituality because it's all going to be coded and reflected in that. So um, yeah, I've written a really intense exemption that also puts them on notice at the same time. So there's different ways that people can do it. Some people will serve it certified mail or registered mail or our mail, which is like email. That's the equivalent of registered mail, or some people might just email it to them. Right. But um, yeah. So in a real world case, um, I mentioned on the crow show that we had some people like in Romania that weren't allowed to leave the country without a PCR test. And instead they just presented our exemption and they were allowed to that same couple um, you know, we're stopped in a mall in a different country in Europe and they were allowed to breathe air normally. On our end, in terms of like in Puerto Rico, there's been a ton of people that uh, would have been out of work, but they presented our religious exemption. And here in Puerto Rico, they've called them affidavits. So um, we've just named it affidavit. And yeah, I've studied a lot of people like Alphonse and Jurisdictionary on the Crow Law series and perfected the affidavit in that regard. But mostly um, it's just come from like my spiritual practice and translating that into beliefs and backing it up with Bible quotes. Because uh, for those of you that don't know much about law, um, the Bible is where these people, these corrupt people, they get their law from, right? So I believe it was like Moses created the law for man. If you weren't pure enough of soul or whatever, according to the Bible, to govern yourself um, in accordance with your highest integrity, then you were put in the jurisdiction of the statutes and codes, which would be like the USC codes and these mandates and whatnot. But mandates actually don't even really apply to us as you know, living men and women who are able to govern themselves with their integrity. So yeah, that's kind of, does that kind of give you a little bit of a idea? Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a good idea of how amazing what you've been doing is, but I want to make sure everybody out there realizes that this isn't necessarily just even a thing for people in Puerto Rico, although anybody is welcome to come visit and partake in ceremony, I assume, but that you can join and be a member of this association from anywhere. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, most of our members aren't even in Puerto Rico. They're in the States. Um, we've got a few outside of like, we've got Hong Kong, a lot of Canadians, some people in the UK and some people in Europe, but um, mostly we have people in the States and like half and half, maybe half Puerto Rican, half in the States. And the equally, right. A lot of federal workers have been getting exemptions through us and We've even had some hospital employees get exemptions. So yeah, I think the, the difference between our exemption and other people's is that 
like it's a notice, right? It's not just like, oh, here's a little letter expressing why I don't want to do this. It's a legal notice that in some cases is notarized um, by an attorney here in Puerto Rico. Or I just got this updated software for the website. It's like the same thing that they use now to sell houses. So like if you're um, signing paperwork for houses, you would use this paperwork or this software because it's like a legally binding contract. So um, that's now able to be automated and generated right on the website. And so people can download that, put their information in and serve it to people right away. And it's the second best thing next to a notarized document. Yeah, we have a quick question here from sure. Shannon. It says, I get the Bible quotes, but exemptions seem to apply. Yes, you have authority, but please let me be given permission to not participate. Why not an affidavit? Just curious, not critique. Great question. It's an affidavit. It's a 16 page affidavit, putting them on notice. They're called religious exemptions because instead of turning in a little letter, which would be like, please like give me, you know, the authority, like you have the authority, but please grant me this. Instead, we're saying, well, bam, you just got served with a fat 16 page affidavit. Now, if you don't respond, you know what that happens, you know what happens in 30 days, right? Becomes a court of record. Great question. Yeah. Affidavits that are not replied to or responded to legally basically become legal fact, right? Yeah. So they have to be rebutted line by line in a formal affidavit format. And like no company is going to do that. That's just way too much liability on them. (laughs) Yeah. That's basically how this whole thing would come to a grinding halt is if people actually understood the legal system. Bizarre as it is and twisted and messed up as our system is, we actually still have all of our rights that we inherently receive from the creator at all times. And it's just this sort of like fictional jujitsu that gets people to believe that this document gives me my rights or this politician has the ability to take them away or any of that. And the key is to just understand the language. And that's where the trickery has always existed from time immemorial. There's always been duplicity or triplicity in language. And so that when we go face the priest or the judge, the magistrate or the lowercase g God, as the word used to be, we would say the opposite of what we thought we intended because we were speaking in the profane tongue and not in the priestly tongue, so to speak. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's why we've also included like in our affidavit, if you write the document, you get to define the words. So Every time that we write something, we define it also. And we use the Bible quotes, right, as a backup. That is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that's something Kurt, Kurt Kallenbach pointed out. Like, I am the author. I decide what my words mean. And yeah. that is a key distinction to make. But you, it's like anything else. You got to do math in the order of operations that is proper for it to compute the equation in the way that you need it to balance, something like that. Yeah. And, and like when we're interfacing with the de facto, we have to use certain words. Um, but like we've defined them and we define them in our temple space, right? In the private sector, right? Cause when you enter our private membership association, you get access to like more of our spiritual practices, if you will. And we define those terms when we're interacting with the de facto. So for example, I have to invoke the legalese term of minister because that's technically what I am, according to them. However, I would never identify myself as a minister. I am a temple keeper because that's like the translation. But when we interact with them, we have to speak with them on their terms 
I am a temple keeper, which just means I set the space. I, you know, I clean the temple. I prepare the meals. I prepare the schedule. I am just there to like observe the, the consistency of the people in the, in the group and then create a schedule around their needs and offer spiritual services in that regard. Right. So yeah. One of the most amazing and brilliant and kind of obvious things that I remember you talking about was that you, your organization, if you will, defines its version of prayer in religious terms as breath. And can you expand on that and like how that applies to keeping people out of the mandated requirement to wear a diaper on their face? Yeah. So the breath is really sacred to me individually. So like this wasn't even a stretch for me, right? This is my own um, way of life of life and living. Um, the breath had come to me really early in my spiritual journey. I was living in Korea. I was like in the mountains, pretty remote, and I didn't have a car or a cell phone. And I was just living up there and I was drinking spring water, like collecting it on my bike and my glass jars. And um I was raw vegan and fasting a lot and meditating like crazy. Like, like, you know, have you ever gone through that where you want to know truth so bad and you just, you just meditate so hard until you can get it. And then like, finally, like you start getting that like little separation of space in that time frame, I was meditating like two to four hours a day at sunset. And this was like 2008 or nine. Um, I basically, my body taught me how to breathe and my body showed me through meditation and sitting like how, um, how powerful and how sacred the breath was. So it's been my own personal practice and I just interpreted it because I've been guided in these ways, right? Just sitting on the rocks at the river next to these statues of Aquarius and Aquarius is air, air and water, um, or, or like ether. I think like, I think one of your people on your show mentioned it was like plasma. And I really like that definition. Yeah. So the breath, um, reminding people that the breath is the gateway to all of our own personal mastery and creation and how we can like biohack, right? Such a triggering word. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's Um, the word that identifies you as a spook. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Because now you're a transhumanist. Uh, and you know what? I think you're going to really like the definition that I use personally for biohacking, but I'll tell you after I finish this thought. So okay, yeah, yeah. So using the, the breath, you can actually biohack, not just your own biorhythms, but also the quantum realm, because it's this bridge that connects the divine source of creation to you. Right. And it's, it's like, it's in you and it's outside of you and it's, it's amazing anyways. Um, so yeah, so I think that that is a very popular um, idea. And a lot of us that are spiritually where we're at right now, many of us have naturally and organically come to the breath on our own. We see so many trendy little breathwork workshops all over and people are naturally coming to the breath. And I think that that's because it's this remembrance and almost like a, a, like a mantra daily of the divine communing with us. So because a lot of our members are so um, already connected in that way, that's our prayer. And when I hold temple service in person, I lead aqua area breathwork, which is simply like just a very simple meditation practice of breath, right? You breathe in and you meet yourself in infinity at zero point. And then you exhale and you bring that God consciousness into this world. And it even works if you haven't really touched zero point yet. 
Um, do you, should I define zero point or you guys like good with that? No, I, I want to, I want to define it. I want you to expand on anything that comes in. Okay. Yeah. So, um, zero point for me, the first experience of zero point was actually a little bit before I went to Korea and I started meditating like a psychopath (laughs) and like reading every book I could get my hands on, uh, in 2005 when I broke my spine. So, so many things changed. I broke my spine skateboarding and all I could do was like sit on the couch or like lay on the couch and just, I was like, Oh God, I really, I got to get better. Cause I just, I have to take this job. And I was about to get a job teaching skateboarding. I think we talked about this, right? Um, yeah. So I started meditating at that time and I didn't know what I was doing at all. I didn't have any teachers. There wasn't really a lot of like YouTube. I don't even think I knew what YouTube was. Was it around then? Probably not. In 2005? It would have been new YouTube. It wouldn't have been YouTube we know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really started meditating because I just really needed to know the truth. <laughs> and eventually, I began to have these experiences where I would just like expand and then like become like my room and then become like other things and then expand outward, eventually to reaching like what I call zero point, which is an experience where it feels as though you are um, experiencing your own consciousness from the highest level of source, like of God consciousness. And a few of those experiences can really mess you up, (laughs) you know, like, especially if you're so young and you really don't know what you're doing. You're just kind of driving yourself really hard. Reality Um, gets slippery when you open those doors and they tend to stay open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it shunted me into like a three year downward cascade where I was devoted to trying to get my ego back. And I was like, no, that's crazy. That's creepy. I can't be like, that can't be real. Right. I don't want to give the secret away for anybody who hasn't touched zero point. But um, if you do, like people describe it sometimes as getting like really jaded or just laughing hysterically, or like if you're a master, maybe just living in bliss. Well, for me, it kind of shocked me and my young brain was so immature. I wasn't able to really handle that. So yeah. Um, but from that, I did um, get to experience this whole idea of like instant creation and instant manifestation. And you could see how all the layers of this game were all you and how it was just so funny and pointless and like nothing really mattered all at the same time. So Um, yeah, that's what I would call zero point is perceiving from God consciousness. So when we drop in to, um, that state with your breath and the breath always got me there. In fact, like just doing a series of, of breath work that I, you know, I, I share in the temple, um, gets you to that point. And then you can inhale yourself as a practice to zero point. And then the trick is, is to integrate it and bring it into this third dimension, because the more of that God level consciousness that we can bring in, um, the more that we're going to be able to steer this reality. So I really think that part of what might be going on here is that we all just fell asleep at the wheel. And maybe what we're seeing is a program we designed when nobody's awake. We have to come in and do all these programs, these protocols to wake us up so somebody can start driving this reality. I don't know if you've um, ever watched Savon Bomar. I think he's probably an agent for sure. But he interviewed the Momos tribe, I believe. 
I watch Seven a lot, and I don't, I don't know if I think he's an agent or not. He's definitely very savvy uh, in terms of a business guy. But what I get from him in terms of like the intuitive level is every time I listen to him, I feel good, and there's like a positive energy I feel. So I just go with that, and the knowledge that he shares, if it's really useful on my syncretism journey, I keep it, and if it, if it doesn't integrate, then I just leave it. But he, he does have over 10,000 followers. So who knows? <laughs> right. See, it's my karma. I'm always like, you're an agent. Um, anyways. So who is the tribe that he interviewed? Did you see that episode about the tribe that uh, basically their whole job was to drive this reality by dreaming it and by reporting to the earth, their experiences and holding that connection. Do you remember that? He did a whole documentary on it. I can't believe I missed it because I've been following him for like six years. That sounds like good stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. He did a couple um, episodes on it and he released, I think he, it was him or maybe somebody else on this tribe. So basically they're dying out and they're trying to get us to take back that responsibility. Basically, you go to a section of your land and you recall all the events in reverse order every day. And I think simultaneously with that, you also like drive reality. So you manifest what's going to come and they're no longer holding that space for us. Cause they're like, you guys, like it's our turn to play, like come over and pick up the, it's like your turn. It's your turn to do the hard work, right? This really sucks having to do this daily for millennia. It's your turn. And I think that we are not doing that or we're not doing something in terms of like manifesting to create this reality. So maybe this whole global psyop that we see is just a program here getting us to wake up and remember. Well, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I've been, I don't know about zero point per se, or if I've discovered the ultimate secrets or whatever, but I do know that I've gotten to expanded consciousness realms far enough to see literally myself in every tree and leaf and other person. Yeah. And it it is kind of like funny, but also kind of like can creep you out and make you wonder what the hell's going on. <laughs> and is this all something that's just going to evaporate if I figure it out? And those are scary thoughts because we have attachments to things in this life, in this realm. And I'm not really, since then, I, I don't really like the idea of like the uh, the ascension cults of the world that are telling you that this is some illusion to escape from because there's so much beauty in this game, whatever it is. And we have this awesome ability as an image of the creator, if you will, to bring meaning to the meaningless and write our own story and be the author and self-author. So if you are so egoless, I guess, that you are uninterested in playing the author role, then it's really easy for the spiritual path to oscillate into nihilism, right? And that's a dangerous thing. I think that's actually kind of where a lot of the priestarchies and controlling ruling class of the world that kept higher levels of knowledge secret tended to go in a way. And, and interestingly, that does turn out to be akin to a program that will put pressure on humanity that ought to lead us to level up and wake up and reclaim our authority and sovereignty and self-author the realm again. So there's a lot there, but uh, yeah, I don't even know where to go from there. Well, we were talking about something else, right? But yeah, I mean, I definitely don't claim to know the secrets of the universe either. 
I, I, maybe a few of them, right? A, a couple little like nuggets. Uh, but they were scary enough for me to totally derail my whole, like I quit reading, I quit meditating. I was like, nope, I'm going shopping. That's happened to me before too. Right. It's terrifying. Like when you, when you get to that point, you're like, whoa, no, 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 no. (laughs) Right. How do you integrate at that level? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's maybe part of the process too, is that you get shown a look through the window or the doorway at how radical your power really is. And you're at the center of this swirling fractal of nature where every thought and every intention manifests itself to you and you're no longer moving. You're at a perfect, I get what you mean by still point because in the experiences I've had, one of which was completely spontaneous, not even intended to happen. Like I wasn't meditating to make it happen. I wasn't, I didn't do a psychedelic to make it happen. I just fell into it. And, um, the stillness aspect of it was maybe the most bizarre because it felt like everything that I intended to do or tried to do or wanted to happen would come to me and just emerge out of this like swirling fractal of everything. And I never moved an inch, even though in like 3d physical reality world body was like moving around and doing stuff and saying things and (laughs) stuff was happening. It's so hard to describe, but also you know, the, the scariness of that is because you realize that, oh, I really am responsible for everything. And that doesn't, and that's tricky because then ego is like, well, if I'm responsible for everything, and no, 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 not you, ego. <laughs> We're not saying you're responsible for everything. We're saying the self, capital S self, the unified life force energy of existence, nature that you are, that existence and life is one. And it's just the separation into various physical vessels that gives us the concept of separateness and ego. But that zero point that you're touching is the nothingness that all some things come out of. And that's the area where we have full and total responsibility for everything. But it's still a we thing and a nobody thing, paradoxically, at the same time. It's where the waveform, the wave particle duality collapses. And it's so hard to talk about in this version of language. I really like what you did with that. That's a really eloquent um, explanation of it because it's so hard to, to really integrate and to explain. Right. But we actually just recently did a class at Temple's Aquaria um, with a guy named Corey, who's in the temple. He's an amazing um, teacher with, with this kind of stuff. And he broke it down really beautifully. Also like the paradox of like, there is what there really isn't. And if you are stuck there, which I had been, then you haven't really gone past it, which is like the next level of spiritual progression. So we've got so much more to look forward to apparently because I haven't gotten there yet, right? All the way. And is there really an all the way when we're talking about the infinite? I mean, existence goes on. I don't think at, at a certain point of being, there is no beginnings or endings anymore. That's part of the collapse of the duality. And <laughs> so there's always another expression of experience because existence is all that exists. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one too. So I think we were talking about um, how that helps people with the masks, right? So uh, yeah, let's show your people, website too a little bit. Oh, yeah. Gosh, it's such yeah. a pretty website. Nicely Thank done. You. Thank you. I've been working, I'm not a developer, but I've had to do a lot of this myself because it's, I'm calling in a developer team, by the way, like a really awesome aligned developer team that wants to help me with maybe some web three apps or yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. But 
I put a lot of love into this and I'd love to show you the back end. Do you, do you want to sign in? <laughs> the back end? I don't know if I have a, a sign in set up yet. I'm so behind on things like this. Oh, like I, you could screen okay. share if you wanted. Oh, it's too much trouble. <laughs> no problem. But you can kind of see a little of it. So when you sign in, you basically get like a drop down menu and um, you get like a news feed, like a chat, like a, we have our own Facebook style Templus Aquaria chat. And um, you have all your little documents, like you can upload documents to a public portal. Should I screen share? I'd like that actually. It's pretty easy. Yeah, I would love to see it. Okay. All right, let me stop this. So once you set up screen share, um, It'll come up as a little window for me and I get to decide when it goes up and down. So you don't have to worry about accidentally showing something you don't want to. Okay. One second. Yeah, guys, hit me up with uh, questions in the chat. We got a video snake Jones sent in the vibrant call in line. I need to show you guys. Apparently he saw UFO. Let me just do that first. (laughs) Maybe it's good enough to make out. It's always so hard with those type of things to actually get um, visibility. But here we go. This is what Snake just shared with us. Wow. I think he's over on the Rockfin side, but I'm guessing it's this orb here on the right. He's getting buzzed by the orbs. Yeah, it does not look like a plane, buddy. Nice capture. That iPhone came in handy after all. I'm glad he didn't burn it. <laughs> okay, nice UFO vid. Happy to take on UFO videos in the call-in line anytime. Let me link that to the chats as well, in case anyone's not in there already. Yeah. Telegram group for Vibrant is where you can send us voicemails or memes or leave us questions or whatever. There's all kinds of possibilities, stuff that you want to see get on the show. And I have a ton more videos from Kalina just of her land. It's kind of ridiculous how beautiful and expansive it is. So while she's getting set up, I'll pull up more of that. And we've shown, I believe, these three. Let's check this out. There's a freaking peacock. All right. <laughs> How many peacocks are there? I wonder. I got two. That's Shiva. Um, he's amazing. <laughs> and he's always coming inside and eating the cat food. And then his wife, she, uh, Shakti, and she's actually nesting on eggs right now. I can't find her, but I know she's got eggs. Slick, this then wants to know from the chat, are there retreat packages at the temple? I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. What are What are some of the packages? Yeah. So there's right now I'm only doing like temple stays, like you book your own temple stay and um, you can stay anywhere from two nights on upward. Oh yeah. That's his wife. That's Shakti. That's Shiva. Um, yeah. So you would just do your own self-led stuff, but I mean, there's a lot of things you can do there, right? Cause we've got private waterfalls. Um, soon we're going to have waterfall repelling. That was one of the statues that was there. And right here, you can see this beautiful tubs that I put in. Oh, maybe not. Yeah, so that's Cascada Aquelos. And this is a seasonal waterfall. So he only flows when it's really, really raining. But it, it, I think I sent you some videos where it's crazy. So you get to take a bath outside in the jungle with probably like all kinds of flower petals and fragrant 
additions to the tub, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So I actually planted a bunch of roses recently so we can have like rose baths for healing and cleansing. And at night, it's amazing because the fireflies come out. And so you're, oh, this is Shiva in my house. <laughs> yeah, he's obsessed with himself in the mirror. It's, I, I <laughs> he's peacocking. What can you do? <laughs> he's so cute and so silly too. Like I never realized peacocks had such a personality. Yeah, but what you're saying something about um I already lost it. Oh, oh, fireflies, my bad. Yeah, fireflies. Yeah, so like the fireflies come out at night and I just installed a bunch of like 12 volt lights, so it's really beautiful for like 3 hours after sunset. The grounds light up in all these beautiful colors and um yeah, there's like a little nook that I built. I made like epoxy tiles, so like I made um like a oh, this okay, right here. This is the divine feminine one. So there's a masculine waterfall and a feminine one. And this is Aqua LA Falls. Hmm. The falls are the coolest feature possibly. Yeah. Like you can see this one right from my kitchen window and my bathroom window. I think everybody agrees with Sunseed that we would like to visit here. We would love to visit actually. Is on my list of journeys to make for sure. Well, they just dropped all the restrictions right now. Who knows if they're going to put them back up, but to enter, you do not need to present any kind of evidence, which wasn't the case for the past two years. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off, but it feels like the next move is climate change is the lockdown, but I don't think people are going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, anything but this. Yeah, this was like, highly triggering for me <laughs> more than probably the other stuff. But yeah, this, so this is the grounds at night. I don't, yeah. So you can see that the lights, I just had those installed. They kind of will like shift um, every couple of seconds. And yeah, at night it's amazing because the stars are super clear. And um, if you're looking for UFO sightings, well, <laughs> pretty much every time I take a bath, there's activity. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this is where I would want to be, too, if I was the UFO. Cities are ugly compared to jungle. I have some footage, too, but, like, it kind of freaks me out. So, oh, I painted those by hand, the gold. Anyways, I planted those things. So. It's oh, just yeah. You've done so much to beautify this space. I mean, that's part of the story that is impossible to really tell, I'm sure. how Just how much, like, blood, sweat, and tears and love goes into this place. Yeah, I mean, it was like abandoned for 50 years. So I've redone everything pretty much and just brought a lot of life back into it. And it's cool too, because like I walk at night on the street a lot, like not at night, but like at dusk. And it's kind of my evening ritual. And when I'm approaching my property, the night sounds are amplified like twice from all the rest around me. All the surroundings, are, they're loud, right? Because it's Puerto Rican jungle. But when you get up on my land, like it's like really loud. And I think that that's just a sign of good health. Yeah, it's the music of nature. And I think I see your cats there. I remember when you first moved and just like that one hurdle and that one challenge of getting kitty cats to a, an island. Yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah. So, okay. So my chickens, I, I'm a chicken mom of like 15 chickens. And 
they only sometimes will lay their eggs in the coop because normally I have to go like egg hunt every morning for my food, which is kind of a cool experience. I don't know, just going to the backyard and harvesting and like scra- uh, scavenging for your food. It's pretty awesome. I'm guessing there's fruit that you can just yeah. find around, right? Yeah. So I've got like maybe 50 different banana trees with a bunch of different um, species of bananas, plantains and short bananas, purple bananas. Um, yeah. Look, look at this. Oh man, it's raging. This was an insane storm. <laughs> you got to stand under that for your karate kung fu training. Pounding, getting pounded by the water. Yeah, that it's, I think it's deadly to be honest. It was even just in video standing there, you know, like that close. It felt like the water was going to come jump out at me. Yeah. So you are using the water from your land, right? Or how do you collect water? I'm curious about, I'm sure that with everything that you're aware of in terms of uh, holistic health, that you've probably got a pretty strong water plan. Yeah. So actually, um, I've got my screen ready, but here we can just, should I just do my camera until we do that? Or what do you want? Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you pull up the screen share, I'll see it down in my tray and let me know when you want me to actually put it on the live. Sure. It's ready. But, um, yeah, so, uh, we're on spring water. So we're on a micro grid because after the hurricane, if you guys probably know, like there was a hurricane in, I don't know, 2016 or something that it was so gnarly. It was a harp induced one. And it was like off the charts, like the winds were higher than even category fives. So it would have been like category six or seven if it went up that high. Um, and they slowed down the hurricane for three days over the island. And, and I think, um, it's because they wanted to get rid of the trees because they wanted to install the 5G grid and they had like 500 year old, um, teak and mahogany trees that were just blocking the, the signal. And of course, they would never let them cut it down. So they had to create this hurricane. And not only that, just to terrorize the people, um, because some of the people were out of water and electricity for a year. Imagine being out of water and power for a year, you know? And even to this day, like the grid goes down often. Um, pretty much every other month, I'm without power for like a week. But... I'm on a microgrid, so I'm in a unique case. This is not like most other Puerto Rican people here, um, but I have a small community. We're on spring water. So we collected the water ourselves and the, we connected our houses with tubes. There's like three or four of our houses there. And when something breaks, we fix it. And um, we're on a microgrid of hydroelectric. However, this one is run by the city because they want to monopolize all the power. So we still pay for this, but it's, it's on hydroelectric. So recently we actually, um, the three of us that are like the three houses, the three families, we are um, going to install our own personal hydroelectric and get completely off of their system. Cause even though it's like kind of off gritty, that's still the one thing that is um, connected to them, right? Brilliant. And then fits the Aquarius thing. Yeah. <laughs> if we're talking about like w- watery air that's uh, etheric or electrically charged. I like the pun Electroquarius. <laughs> so yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched that episode. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Um, my best LC friend. King. Here. I saw him in the chat. Yeah. Um, he actually, I'm hoping that he'll do a workshop for Temple Aquarius. Oh, that would be so cool. Right? Like a hands-on one and like 
show us how to do the thing. Anyways. I'll send um, him yeah. a link on the time when Colin's start. Maybe we'll see his face. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be cool. All right. I'm going to share my screen. Okay. Oh, geez. Open system. <laughs> okay. I should say allow. Oh, I see her. Hold on. Live and direct, people. It says I have to quit the application to screen or to share my screen. That shouldn't be the case. Oh, it says so, but I'll just say later. Later. Okay. Boom. Is it Denzies? Share. No, I'm not seeing it. So maybe there's a maybe there's a, a bizarre issue. What? Well, we don't need to get technical about it. If it's not working, it's not working. Okay. Talk more about what would be there if we could see it. Yeah. Um, well, how about you just sign in? You can just. I started yeah. to sign up actually and make an account. Okay. Give me, give me a second. I'll get in there. It'd be great actually. Cause people can see it. Cause it's a, it's a tricky little process when you're signing up for it because the PMA agreement is right there and most people see it. And if they don't know what's going on, they're like, wait, a legal document that stamps my IP address. No, but really it's like for, it's for our um, protection, right? Cause the things that we talk about and the things that we do have to be protected under the, the private membership association Cause like, I'm sure that you've heard about it on the Crow Law series or within, you know, your guests or whatever, but there's, uh, you know, some people might say there's not, but there is definitely two jurisdictions. There is the public and the private. And when you're operating in the private, you're in your own jurisdiction, provided that you follow the correct protocol. If you're doing things that are not meant for the public and spiritually speaking, I say that this is because of free will, right? Like you don't want to go and take high level stuff to somebody who is choosing to be asleep and play the game of, you know, I'm not everything there is. Right. So in order to respect their free will, you have to be in the private. So, um, yeah, this is a PMA agreement. And I spoke about this earlier. Individuals don't have rights associations do. So this basically this agreement says, Hey, look, um, don't tell the people, about what we're doing or what we're sharing our spiritual practices. Are you an agent? Cool. We're not either. And sign. do you agree by our um, like tenets and doctrine, which basically just states be your own spiritual master and govern yourself accordingly. I love the, the box of, are you involved with governmental structures that we are transitioning out of? Yeah, we're transitioning out of that because I mean, look at it, it's failing and it's falling apart. And I think that this is just the last hurrah and they know that they're transitioning also. But we personally, the people that are in Tempest Aquaria, we are transitioning away from those structures because we're truly, I believe in like the core of my being that we are tasked to build the new earth. So yeah, you would just click those little boxes if you agree, like, yeah, like don't tell people, you know, if they're going to like share it with mass media or the mainstream or low frequency, whatever's. And then down here, um, it'll say, yes, that is my de facto, uh, legal name, but I put in these cool things here. So your name here, Chance Garten, um, and Sue Juris, living man or woman, all your rights are reserved without prejudice. That means that we are in a contract and right relationship. So Temple Sequoia is never going to run over your rights and be like, you know, you sign this thing, um, only if you're an agent that's trying to mess with us and plant things in our community or whatever, well, then you got to pay us in silver. But other than that, we're cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you scroll down, 
Oh, you're still trying to read it. I'm sorry. I can't hear you, by the way. Shit, I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I had myself muted. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to, even though I didn't read every word, that I'm not going to accidentally invoke a $20 million fine in silver. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have that much silver. Okay, cool. (laughs) I assumed so. All right. Well, okay. I'm going to get to the other side of this. And you can even use a fake name if you're not like comfortable. You can use a dummy account. No, it's fine. I mean, I've been meaning to join anyway. I just, there's a lot going on. You know how it is. Yeah. Agree. And then I'll be able to sign in, probably make a password, and then we can look at the back end and all the stuff that's available, which is really cool. I'm really excited because I've been working on this so much. And even just last night, I put up a bunch of new forums. So like, um, I'm just trying to create a structure for us where we can really organize ourselves and what we're doing and our paperwork for any legal types of things. And um, yeah, so here in, in this part, um, you can... I'm going to text you actually, whatever, (laughs) just type in the word founder on tier one and that'll get you a a free, um, this will get you a free. Don't abuse this people. Yeah, please don't, 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 I'll change it after this. Like, please don't, (laughs) it's like, I was, it cost me a lot of money. I've put a lot of money into this, but I will give you guys a code, but yeah. So, um, have a coupon code. Yeah, actually. Let me, do an, let oh, me do it differently. Is. Here, back out of this, and I'm going to take you to a different tier. And that okay. way I can show the features. Okay, different tier. Scroll down. Yeah, let's do that one. Individual, right there. Tier two. Okay. Yep. And type in code meow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't it's going to get changed. Don't, don't, use this. don't use this before she changes it or at all. Um, do you all know? Cancel your membership. Yeah, guys. Be, be <laughs> honorable. You don't want to have that $20 million silver fine. Cool. Thanks for bringing me on in this tier. Yeah. Yeah. This will be great. Okay. So those are just some like little announcements at the top. You can X out of that. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you don't, don't worry about this right now. So here, go to your um, scroll up. Yep. Right there. Mm-hmm. Now, Go to generate affidavit. Right on. So it's a little glitchy because it's me doing the site, right? But yeah, you can just type in anything you want here. It doesn't have to be. We're just going to make an example, right? So right in here. Got to do a little lightning bolt symbol. Nice. Yeah. So right here. So this is an ex- uh, an example of oh, our. Oh man, I got a cool project. number one four four nine nine nine. Everybody gets that number. Oh damn! <laughs> number, triple nine. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So in this case here, you would put the name of the living man or woman that you're serving. So if you're going to do an exemption, right? Um, you don't want to put the com- corporation if you can avoid that, right? You want to put whoever's in charge of reviewing your exemptions because you're putting them on notice, right? Living men and women cannot interface with dumb or I'm sorry, dumb, <laughs> like Fiction. dead, uh, fictions, right? The ends legis. So we can only, um, interact with other sujurists. So yeah, you can just type in any name here. It doesn't matter. You can write test or whatever. Yeah. And then, the boogeyman. 
right? So it kind of got, there's the cover letter. Um, and then you can also go just scroll down. Um, you, you can go over this later, but yes, yeah, yeah, boogeyman here again. All right. We got boogeyman on notice. Yeah. So here's our affidavit, right? It just talks about, I'm the affiant, which is me, senior minister of Temple Sequoia Church. And also um, it talks about our coding, right? Which is to tell the de facto who we are. And then um, it also shares, hey, but we're also a PMA. So it just added layer of um, protection. Anyways, you can scroll down. This is our beautiful affidavit that I've rewritten. Like, I don't know, I can't even mention how many times, like 20 times. And um, I'm actually... This week, hopefully, I'm going to have one for Canada specifically. So if you scroll down all the way down to the bottom. That is good. They need it up there. Yeah, they really do. I'm doing one for Hong Kong and Canada right now. You really are serving God and serving mankind. This is so cool. <laughs> so happy to know you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, what do you do when you have to do something? Like, I don't like writing affidavits. I don't like uh, putting myself on the line. But when you have to do it, you just do it. Do you know what I mean? And this was the only thing I could do. But I want to show you something. So scroll down. Yeah, you don't have to read the whole thing because it'll take you like 10 hours. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so boom, it puts in your signature, right? Um, okay, scroll down. Okay, so here's something that I put in there basically like, hey, look, we're going to follow our own pledge. We're going to like check ourselves. So we're not, this is our version of an error, PC error, right? Um, but anyways, you can scroll down. Boom, right here. This is your certificate of membership. So it auto generates your name and you can do this for families too, if you have the family package. And so, and anyways, so keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Oh, this. Okay. This is really cool. So if you scan that, that takes you to our fee schedule. So it's private. Nobody can see that unless you scan this thing. And it basically what like, um, I don't even have the link for it, but when they pull it up, it's like, you have entered a contract with Temple Aquaria by scanning this code. And we're going to now put you on notice that this is our fee schedule. If you try to collect bodily fluids, uh, swabs, or use our name or whatever, or detain us or whatever, it's going to cost you all these things. So it's pretty powerful. Anyways, yeah, you can click sign and it creates basically a um, legal document. It's like the next level right under notarization. And then you can download it directly or if like if you don't want to download it, here's a new feature that I just put in this week. <laughs> yeah, private fee schedule. Boom. And actually, um, those guys that I talked about in Romania, they're the one I had forgotten that I had an affidavit at one point with a fee schedule, but they hit me up recently and they're like, you changed your website. Where's the fee schedule? I'm here with a, you know, policy enforcer. I need that. And I was like, shoot. So I quickly, um, had to redo it. But yeah, anyways, um, here, go click back to main site in the bottom left. Yeah. I'm still getting used to this new setup. I have to like the other screen. I have to look through the microphone. <laughs> oh, no worries. But it's still good. I love standing. It feels so good. Yeah, I bet. Okay, so go to your drop down menu over here. Mm -hmm. All right, now go to my documents. Yeah. Since I've generated this, I can access it from here anytime. You can access I guess. it anytime. Boom. Okay, so here are all the other ones available if you have... Um, 
Anyways, um, yeah, you can, you, that's kind of self-explanatory, but here, go back to your drop-down menu. All right, now go to Newsfeed. This is a really good site. Swanky. I was so happy with it. Like I, it had to be all perfectly pretty. Okay. So I stole this video from um, Lucas's group last night. But oh yeah. I saw this getting shared around by homie Romy. I, I send it to my saved messages to get to yeah. someday. Maybe. Yeah, note to self. <laughs> right. Anyways. So you can scroll down. This is our own little private social media. And soon it's going to be like, um, I'm sorry. Soon it's going to be an app also. You can click this video if it loads for you. Right on. Is this telling you about the forums feature here? Oh, I would need to turn sound on on the screen. Oh, okay. Never mind. I'll give it. I'll give you the, I'll give you the video. Just go to forums. Okay. Forums. That's further down or is it part of my drop down? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, cool. So I just put this in last night. So we've got all of these topics, Ooh. which are kind of like, um, you know, the basis of what I want Templus Aquaria to grow into is all these topics are like creating new earth. So um, obviously we've got activating superpowers in the next upcoming months. We're going to have a Shaolin monk. Um, I think you guys might know him, Iso on Instagram. Anyways, he's going to be teaching us some super esoteric Shaolin monk practices to help activate our superpowers. Um, yeah, so we've got this little topic here, Antiquitech, um, Aquacure and Brown's Gas, because a lot of people um, in Temple Sequoia have already ordered the Brown's Gas and are having some pretty profound results with it. I just got one too. Um, yeah, I added nice. Astrological. Thank you to all the people that use my link to get one too. If enough of you, if a couple more of you get one, I can get one. So I appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I lumped some in here, crypto, gold, silver, DAOs, and NFTs. And we've got a couple teachers that have taught classes on that. I myself has also taught one on that. Um, forbidden healing tech and emotional mastery. We have one of our guest teachers who actually built like this gigantic Tesla coil and uses it for, um, healing, like scalar healing. And wow. Yeah. Um, he also does some other cool things, but I cannot mention them in the public. Um, but you can certainly join one of our classes. And if it's off uh, the record, he might share it. It's really amazing. Like next level. Anyways, um, free people energy. knew the stuff that we talked about off the record, man, <laughs> that's the uh, thing is like, this is just the public side in a sense, or what is able to come out. But like, this is the power of the private is I was, oh, I was becoming more and more aware all year of the, this concept, but you're miles ahead. It's so awesome. <laughs> well, maybe not so much so, but I mean, that's how I feel about you when I listen to your show and I'm just like, what? oh, you've got, you've really leveled up. Like I, oh, that episode with Lucas, I was just like, what? that was mostly Lucas. <laughs> I just host, but thank you. Uh, I do want to ask, there's this become an instructor tab. Let's click it. Let's do it. Is this something that maybe I could uh, become an instructor and teach about like the biofield anatomy? Yes, please. Okay. This is one of my favorite features. Okay. Now go back to your job, down. Okay. My... Um, oh, wait, where is your, oh, I'm sorry. Refresh your screen. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, because, okay, I wanted this place where like, it was like a decentralized peer-to-peer -peer learning portal. So essentially anybody can be, yeah, go to your instructor dashboard. 
and anybody can go here, click on Learn Dash. You can upload your courses and set your own prices and input your PayPal address. And I'm sorry, it, it, PayPal is the only one that would do it with this. But And then other members can donate directly to you, your donation fee for your courses. So you can put together all these things. You can see you know, how many people have done your thing. You can read all the comments that people put under your courses. And I mean, yeah, it's amazing. You can message them directly. It's really cool. And this is really built to scale up. <laughs> I'm very happy. I feel like okay. We're just seeing the birth of hugeness, huge epicness. Oh my God. Okay, I, anyway. I'm really serious. Like when I say we are tasked with building the new earth and we're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like we're, this is what we have to do. There's no other option now or never. <sighs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's always in the final hour that the light triumphs, right? Here we go. Okay, yeah. so is there anything else we want to look at on here? Yeah, so click back on Temple Aquaria. We're going to navigate back um, on the opposite side of the screen. Okay, yep. there we go. Yep, yep. Okay. So go over to Portal and click on Courses. You can see some that are already up here. Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, you can just scroll through these because we've got a ton. We've got 28 courses that are live. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Discharge your mortgage lawfully. That That's the girl sounds, I was telling you about. That sounds good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's some private shit. Yeah, um, for sure. Of course. And this is why we have to have people sign these legal documents because you can't be talking about this stuff in the public. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. And you can click to the next one. So K jungle is one of our, our, um, that might not be the place to start either because you really need to get spiritually aligned before you start going for the, the bigger ticket issues, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I recommend when people enter Temple Aquaria to watch all the videos before taking any action steps so that you can get spiritually aligned and detox the de facto. Here, click on the next page. When you say detox the de facto, that's something I'm going to want to talk about more because I understand the term de facto, but that'd be a great thing to define for how that the, the, the fractal de facto, if you will, because yeah. it's, it's way bigger than just government. But is, this is the right page you wanted me yeah. to go to? Mm-hmm. detoxing yeah. the de facto there's yeah. one right there so and that's a freebie my, yeah this is my course um i it's the first one you should start off with when you enter into temple Aquarium. and um yeah it talks about in depth detoxing the de facto it, it talks about what the de facto versus the du jour is and um this is right here actually let me just briefly touch on don juan rafael he's another one of our regular teachers um between him and k jungle mind-blowing mind-blowing technology um yeah and he's the guy that oh shit never mind <laughs> join Temple aquarius so i can talk about that publicly um, yeah right yeah that's got to be a little tricky it's tricky right and it's so it's that's another way that i would consider myself detoxing the de facto right purge the fiction exactly so de facto um stands for the corporate ends legis so You guys know this probably, but you have several layers of government and law. And the one that they're getting us to believe that we are operating out of and that we are in their jurisdiction, in which most of us are actually in this jurisdiction because we've contracted with them, is the de facto, which is literally the equivalent of a Wendy's 
And you would basically be like having Wendy's tell you what to do. Like you have to eat a burger every week. Okay. And you have to get your booster burger. Right. So this is the de facto. And, um, when booster you're in the store, right, <laughs> your, your you're mandated burger. to get the booster burger. Right. So, um, so the de facto is essentially like a corporation and we are answering to that corporation because we're all running around brainwashed thinking that we are, uh, employees of this corporation. And we are, because guess what? When you look at your social security card, you turn it on around the back and it says for employment purposes. I mean, everything's hidden in plain sight. Anyways. Um, and bringing in Gabriel, slick dissident because he's got a lot of expertise in understanding, understanding legal fiction. And I'm sure he's probably got some, some great questions and uh, directions to steer, steer you. So welcome Gabriel, my official co-host of Vibrant. This is, I knew this was going to be an episode that you absolutely love. So glad to see you here. looks like you need a second, but I'll, uh, oh wait, you froze, but there you're good. Okay. We're good. What's up, man? Oh, okay. He did need a second. Okay. We'll see him in a second. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. Um, what do you want to do? Tell then, do you want to look at more of the site or? Yeah, sure. We're still, okay. I still have a screen shared, but what you said about the <laughs> basically rule by Taco Bell is what I think is the direction of this great reset and why maybe governments are being, it feels like there's a controlled demolition of government happening right now. And uh, they're making all the wrong moves and trampling on people's rights openly, perhaps to usher in a replacement system where the de facto is more openly accepted and people love corpse orations, the speakers for the dead, corp, corpse oration. <laughs> hey, what's up, Gabe? Good to see you, buddy. Greetings. Thanks for having me. It's a, such a pleasure to meet you. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. He's a synchromistic master. And I had to get him in here because I thought maybe he'd have some insights and some things we talked about or questions for you, Kalina, because I'm I feel like I'm still a baby at learning this stuff. I, I've I have a foundational knowledge of like what is reality versus what is fiction. And, you know, some actionable steps to take still in my life, but to disentangle myself from things. But I'm still on the learning phase more than on the actionable items stage. I feel like we're all taking turns, right? So like you have a specialty that I feel the same way and and so does Gabriel and so do we all. And we all are just kind of taking turns. That way we can come together and we can mind share like teaching a class on Tempest Aquaria because like all of us are really at that high level in some way right whether whatever it is your your skill is and it's time for us to learn and we can do so in expedite expedited ways right now because we're all so we're, we're all pretty smart yeah and you know my favorite way to learn is to teach it's like the best way to learn <laughs> uh, so beth over in the rockfin chat had a quick question uh where did you learn your training. This is Beth Martin's superhero in her own right. Where did Kalina do her training on PMAs? Yeah. So, um, I am still doing my training on PMAs. I think it'll take me at least a couple of years, but I'm with Genoa Institute. And if you look at our site, um, there's a free class, a Q and a with Ken, uh, I'm sorry, Keith, 
who is the founder of Genoa Institute. And like, uh, he's a real endearing type of character because he's, he's as crazy as they come, but it's given him such an edge in the world of PMAs because he's so extreme with his beliefs, which I really, I happen to respect a lot of them because he's like very, very much about preserving his own uh, God-given unalienable rights. Um, versus alienable, right? Have you guys heard about the etymology of those two words? I'm not going to talk about it, but it, look into yep. it because it's, it's cool. I'm curious. I, I'd love to hear about it because it's come up a couple of times in my life and I've used them interchangeably, but I'd love to hear a, a little breakdown. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're down to say like, that's a tangent I'm, I'm here for. We're, all in, right. all, we're in tangent land at this point. We've covered <laughs> enough that people should have a clear idea of what is up and how to, how to benefit <laughs> from real some real stuff instead of the fiction, the fictional benefits and services that have got us all spinning our wheels in uh, servitude. Yeah. So unalienable, right? So I um, now say it in this regard because alienable rights, uh, alienable, you're able to alienate your rights versus unalienable rights that you can't put a lien on them. No matter what you do, nobody can lean away your God-given inherent rights. So that's a little trick. I can't even remember which law guru I've learned that from, but um, yeah. And I do think that there is power in words. And if you talk to some law gurus, particularly like Alphonse, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he's yelled at me before, like when I try to say things like understand, <laughs> and I'm like, Sir, <laughs> with all due respect, like, it's just more in alignment with my spiritual path to say it in this way, right? Understand or versus like understand or overstand, which is your, the name of your show. So that's perfect. But, but yeah. People think that I got the name Interverse from Seven Bomar. But uh, interestingly enough, I already named it this and I found out about Seven Bomar on the seventh episode of the show from my guest telling me about Seven Bomar. So and then I found out he's doing a thing called Interversity and so it's like, hey, there's some there's some synchronicity here. Yeah. Yeah. My best friend Carrie calls it soul batches. Like she's like, yeah, we're in the same batch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gabe, hit us with uh, what have you been thinking in all this? I know that you've got you've got your gears and wheels turning from this episode so far. Yeah, man. I'm uh I'm so excited. Like every topic that you've touched on is like a real uh, just a keystone for the way forward for so many people, you know, uh, you know, talking about the Browns gas, talking about uh, training and, you know, the, the workshops, teach, teaching workshops for people down there. And even, you know, that what you were saying about, uh, you know, purging the de facto, you know, that's like, you know, I'm a martial artist for, for my whole life. And so for me, that's taken off your shoes before you come in the dojo. You know, uh, in, in, I actually got into Capoeira late in my life. And in that class, in that context, I come from the shoe wearing tribe. And so I have special shoes that I have to put on. You're an Andalista, huh? You, you got it. You got it. Yeah. What's that word again? An, uh, an Angolista. It's a traditional rootsy style. We're, we're grounded. We're like, uh, Nice and slow. Where, where uh, I want to know where where do you uh, hail from in your trainings? Yeah, so I'm contemporanea, 
And um, I used to be with Capoeira Brazil when I was in San Diego. So oh, yeah. something you might know about me, um, I used to be a dancer. I owned a little dance studio um, and meditation studio before, way back in the day. And I used to teach samba and perform samba in San Diego. So I actually went to Brazil. I studied in Rio. I studied in Bahia. Oh. You lived many <laughs> lifetimes in one. I just got to point that out. Right? Oh, wow. I, I mean, I'm 39, so, you know, I lived a little bit, but, um, yeah, like Bahia, but like a little piece of my heart is still in Bahia. And yeah, so I, I'm now like, I'm really vibing the Capoeira Organica vibe. And there's actually, um, a teacher here on the island, not associated with, um, Capoeira Organica from, gosh, what's that guy's name? Meshte Biramai Yo-Yo? Oh, yeah. Biramai, yeah. Right? Ooh. His style is so phenomenal. Like he's got that vibe between like the Angola and the Contemporanea because he's organic. He does whatever the fuck he wants, right? He's one of my inspirations. Um, I've been out of the Capoeira game for a while, but recently they popped up on the island real close to me, a group of Capoeiristas. So I'm like, I want to trade back into it, right? It's been a huge part of my life, but yeah. Yeah, That's so awesome. Good for you. Here's a question from Israel Adams in the chat. Wondering if there is a way to do these things and not direct them towards the corporations and government, but rather the principality, Holy See, Vatican. Ooh. I they love that the question. Heart of the beast. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. And I don't see why not. So I also created something called a cease and desist. And if you, if you look at our website later, you can see there's a, a, a um, a tab for free documents and resources. Right now, they're only documents that I've created that are up there. But in the future, if you've got a document that's really working for you, um, yeah, it's under member resources. Oh, you're already there. Um, yeah, so the cease and desist right here. And even though when Rose ran it by Alphonse and um, Dr. Graves, they said that there would be no uh, benefit from it. But I personally believe that there are spiritual benefits of this because when you know their game, and you t- you re- you revoke your consent. Now all of the karmic and the spiritual implications now falls on them. So I um here's the direction page. So yeah, um you can serve this document to the higher level organizations, and I think that's a phenomenal idea. Revoking your consent now the karma is on them, and I'm not sure that that's something that they want to deal with. You know. Yeah. You know, the, uh, just a quick side side fact, but uh, cease and desist is uh, two languages. And that's a, just an interesting topic to get into in law is why is it that we accept these Roman language in our, uh, you know, English speaking paradigm where things go over so many people's heads? Cease and desist is both. It's the same thing twice. It's just French and English. It's the same word two times. And the fact that they are making allowance for multilingual implications is uh, quite a fun little rabbit hole in and of itself. But it's like, you know, why would you engage in a ritual that is in a language that you do not participate in, that you do not even speak, you know? And I think that's kind of part of the mindfuckery is just uh, keeping us feeling belittled or uh, making the common man feel ignorant. But uh, on that note, it is always good to learn other languages. And the more languages anybody can pick up on and learn, you know, the less that will slip slip by you. 
Yeah. Totally. And I feel like if Co was talking to you, he would probably say like, add a third time and make it, you know, make it definitive <laughs> in a different language, right? Let's, That's let's Clint too. Everything Clint does is in triplicate, his words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should put another cease and desist and uh, <laughs> pare or something. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a great point. I do think that they want us confused and they want us disempowered. Um, and that, and that's okay, right? Because like I'm no longer in a state of mind where I find so much charge and triggering over it. I mentioned before that with my, I, I'm prior Air Force and I was threatened to be vaccinated. Agent. Right? Agent. Prior military. <laughs> I get it, you guys. I get it. It's so funny having it be turned on me once. <laughs> um, so uh, what were we talking about? Uh, the Air Force. And they tried to they tried to give you the cow poke. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was anthrax at the time because this was shortly after 2001. And uh, I was kind of nerdy and I, I worked on F-16 electronics and I did all my work pretty quickly and I worked graveyard shifts. So I had a lot of time to research um, on the back end and there were no firewalls back then. So I had already read the Patriot Act one and two before they ever came out. I was reading like executive orders and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> like panicking, right? And and Chance, we talked on our last interview uh, about how I was given that book that... Um, basically told me that the September 11th attacks were happening and then they, boom, they, they happened. And all I could see was like a, you know, controlled demolition. Anyways. Um, you incarnated on a mission from source. Yeah. So cool. Your life story is wild. <laughs> I mean, it has just a tiny fraction, but so, um, yeah, I was researching and I came across some research on the back end and the medical, um, sector of the, of the uh, military files that people were dying when they had eczema from anthrax and I like little old me had eczema. So I printed that out and I took it to my base doctor and poor All guy. All I needed was to just put some pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> right. Right. So like, I just printed that out and I took it to my base doctor. And one of the cool things that I've always like, People always assume that I'm dumb. And, and I think that that's one of my superpowers because I was just like, you know, you can play dumb and in the military, it really helps because they can't stand anybody that's smart for one. And like, I was like, Hey, you know, doctor, we, we look at this, like I have eczema and, and he gave me a medical exemption for the anthrax shot. And they hated this and they threatened to send me to Korea, which is ironic because later on I went on my own accord. Um, so I was so terrified of going to Korea. And this is why I really do think like on the quantum level, if you're scared of something really badly, it's going to come back. Like I, on the me level, on the zero point level, I take full responsibility for this whole global psyop currently because I was so terrified of getting forced speed, you know? because they were always threatening me. They would like, you know, be like, have me on the flight line. Like you're going to get picked up by an F-16. And once you get there, you're going to be, you know, you, you will take the the thing. And I just stood by my little medical exemption. Like I ain't getting it. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm not getting it. Um, anyways. And I did protest it. I stood up in front of like the whole squadron and was like, 
oh, hi, doctor. Yeah. Cause I was like, they brought in a specialist and I was like, um, how many years has it been out? Like, oh, that's cool. Like, oh my God. Like, what about this? Do you have any tests that go on beyond that? Oh, wait. So you need 30 years to really actually look at the long-term effects. Oh, so you don't have those. Hmm. Right. And like they get really embarrassed. They got really embarrassed. And the commander was like, you're a pioneer. Anyways. um, So playing dumb has been a skill that I have had and I'm grateful for it. Uh, But flashing forward, uh, that trauma never really cleared. Why are we talking about the Air Force? <laughs> it's a good story. I, I mean, I'm just here for it. I don't know how we got here now, but there was a point to it. But maybe when I watch this video later, I'll remember it. But you said you went to Korea on your own. Yeah, yeah. I ended up going back there, and I taught English there for a year. Oh, awesome! Yeah, much later. But um, I don't. I don't know why we were talking about that. It was a good point, but I will say that because of that, I was perfectly aligned for this current psyop. Right. And I think that that's why like this mission was so much more impactful for me because I was clearing my own karma, clearing the own codes in my, in my biofield. Nice. You know, uh, this something that I've found and there's more to find. There always is, but I found, um, an interesting passage in the old Testament that is about a trade agreement, uh, between, uh, two warring factions. Uh, that involved uh, castration of the entire city just so that they could, so the kings could intermarry. And wow. what, I, what I found really interesting is that they set up castration stations at the gates of the city. And this just rings an incredibly similar tone to me uh, to the Patriot Act and everybody who goes to the gates of the airport has to get strip teased and, and, you know, show a little skin and get people copping a feel. I mean, it's so similar that uh, there is a, in order to keep uh, whatever, to keep, keep people in power that the common person has to demean themselves or compromise themselves. And we're all in this together, kind of uh, building to that collectivism. Uh, and that's Genesis 34, if anybody uh, wants to read up on it. But, you know, uh, I just find it so interesting. And back to that question about why don't we go to straight to the Vatican and put them on notice? That would kind of be a fun experiment to, like, maybe not go for the kill shot right away. You know, just kind of feel out what the uh, where your mail lands and get some correspondence going and see, you know, what the ranks of the powers over there in that uh, sovereign territory of the Vatican would be because, uh, you know, you're a temple, you're a religious organization, you know, it makes sense to kind of reach out and, uh, feel out the competition, so to say. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we're so completely different. I feel like all of those, I would call them de facto religious organizations. Um, from my perspective, they're very aligned with the epoch of Pisces. They, they had their time there. And now there's a whole new movement and everything going on. And I spoke about this briefly with Crow, but 
Um, it's that of decentralization and not necessarily from a crypto standpoint, but from a nature standpoint, because in nature, like that is the whole pulse of it is, is decentralization. And I firmly believe in my heart and soul that the first thing that we must do is decentralize our spiritual practices and our religions. And that's why Templus Aquaria and the Vatican would never even, we're not even in the same echelon. We're not even in the same world. You know, we are very much bifurcating away. And those of us that resonate with what we're doing in Temple Aquaria, they know that they don't have, they never have to go through somebody else to access their spiritual mastery, their spiritual power, and their God-given unalienable rights. Like that is, they are the master. And this is a paradigm switch that I believe is essential right now, because if we're not operating with each person, like if we're not looking at each person and including the sheep, right? I, I, I'm sorry, but like including whoever, right? We have to really see their mastery and that they made the choice on some level that we can't perceive to go down and descend and play the game of forgetting who you are while we have chosen with every fiber of our being to orient our compass to the new world. And the new world might, you know, in some cases you could call it heaven on earth or new sovereign earth. And, and I use the, the word earth. I spell it A-E-R-T-H-E um, because it's air in ether, which is corresponding to the age of Aquarius. So I, I was, I was just guided to shift it in this regard. And I do think that there are worlds splitting apart and it's our time where we get to, we get to live our new life. Now we get to create because when you've touched that zero point so profoundly that, you know, you affect everything around you with just a thought, like, boom, everything happens that you think about. It's our responsibility. And also, I think a lot of us that are awake and aware at this moment, we're really like we have signed up for a sacred mission to dream in the new world and dream in the new earth and create that structure and framework for those people that are still kind of like barely coming out of there. But they are they have chosen to come to the new earth, but they're not able to do it yet because they're stuck in the de facto. And that's why detoxing the de facto is so important. On a legal standpoint, of course, right, with the terminology and the etymology, but mostly on the spiritual level, right? Like I, I spoke about on Crow, how every time I rewrote the affidavit, I was rewriting my own um, belief and my own attachment to being governed over and having to like serve some external master. But now I know that the most important part of detox detoxing the de facto is actually getting our mindset like in our, in our, so we can align our heart and our mind and our energy fields and our soul and our spirit, knowing that nobody has the right to dictate to do to you what you do with your body and your life. Nobody, right. That is solely under um, the jurisdiction of the most high. And now this comes with massive, massive responsibilities, right? Because when you're operating at that kind of a level of freedom, you find that the more freedom you get, the more you actually have to self-govern because in the Bible, I'm pretty sure it says, if you are part of the sacred, then you're only subject to God's jurisdiction. But if you're in the profane, then now you have to take the stuff that Moses gave out and go live in the statutes. And that's not for us. We are now like the more that we have the integrity over our own selves to govern and, and govern when nobody's looking, right? It's just you, your higher self and the divine, like that is your channel of who you answer to. So yeah, it's this whole new model um, where I do think that there is value in serving the Vatican with just a notice, like saying, hey, look, uh, just so you know, 
spiritually and energetically, I do not consent to what you're doing. I revoke my participation in this. And now I think that that it would be enough to allow some major shifts because they know the game, right? They know that this whole black magic, you know, world that we live in is based off consent and um, tacit acquiescence. On this subject. Okay. So first of all, I just got to reiterate what you're saying. Detoxing the de facto cleansing the parasites from your own body, removing yourself from the jurisdiction of meddling middlemen. It's all the same thing. The, the world's middle management and all of these like power, power trip in bosses, if you will, that are really just underlings to something above them. And it's uh, infinite, you know, it's demons all the way down, if you will, <laughs> whatever, all the way down to the biological uh, molecular parasitic bacterial level and then all the way up to the big the big boss fictional archons that are served by the de facto authority systems of the world now, all of that is like one it is all one path so if you feel if you found yourself stuck in one part of this path like i don't know how to get out of my subservience to this particular authority system or my need my belief that i need this particular job or my difficulty in uh, attaining resources outside of whatever thing that I know isn't really aligned with me spiritually, then go at it from internal level, go at it from the parasite cleanse level, go at it from the detoxing your organs, heavy metal detox, go at it from energy healing, energy balancing, getting yourself emotionally purged, if you will, of the heavy karma of trauma and past mistakes and things that we carry around in our field without being aware of it until the time comes that we make ourselves aware of it. So that's why the service uh, aspect of a temple is so helpful that you can create a space for people to clear enough, get clear enough to maybe find the zero point themselves, which is crucial and key. But my point of all this rant is that if you're stuck in one place, that's why we live in this amazing hall of mirrors of a myriad of different reflections of the one. So that if you get stuck in your story, there's always a different path that you can take that will actually affect you over here and over there. Right. <clears throat> so I wanted to say all that before I ask you this question, you're talking about revoking consent, serve it, serving the de facto masters of that system. I believe I've heard you tell stories like this before. I can't remember where, or if it was just to me or what, but have there been examples of a time where you revoked consent in some way with some kind of declaration, something in the public. And you saw an immediate change in the outer reality world that maybe isn't a one-to-one, like you can prove I did that, but you know, from your position at the cockpit of your hollow fractal mandala of (laughs) the life experience that it was, is there anything like that we can touch on? Cause I think that'd be cool. Yeah, actually um, there's been two. I have, um, I've now written three cease and desists and, um, the first one was a silly one I did on Facebook to Monsanto. And I talked about this on the crow episode. Um, but yeah, like I just wrote a cease and desist and I was like Monsanto at all. And later I realized that it worked, uh, because he sold his company to Bayer. And I learned from Cal Washington that, uh, if you do a cease and desist proper, that, what they usually will do is they'll switch ownership to get out of it. And that's how they abate it. 
And now I didn't know that. And, and I actually caught on later, like much later, actually like this year that that might've had something to play into it. And then also I did one, um, last summer here in Puerto Rico, I did a cease and desist to the Puerto Rican governor and a couple like of the senators and within five days, they revoked all restrictions. And uh, yeah. And recently here we sent out, um, like about a month ago, we sent out another cease and desist to, um, the Puerto Rican government. And now we have no restrictions. Now, I don't know if that one is particularly aligned, uh, cause it did take longer. And, um, it also, uh, I think it's in alignment with their new narrative, right? Obviously, but. But what you're talking about here is like quantum paperwork. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're quantum paperwork. And, um, these things have an effect, I believe on the quantum realm because we're all so integrated and we're tied in to each other. And we are also those entities. And in some way, right. We are the parasites and we are, we're all of it. Right. When you look up, when you zoom, when you take the elevator to the highest levels of your consciousness, right. You're like, wait a second. <laughs> well, this is Scooby. Uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo pulls the mask off the villain. And it was me the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of see how this works. Right. And so I think that the most critical shift that we can do to get ourselves out of this mess that we see globally is to shift from fighting the old and to building the new. Right. And start getting our, our whole self. Like if we're Russian nesting dolls, right. Uh, we have to start looking. Uh, we can't, they can't be Russian anymore. <laughs> it's not woke anymore to say Russian. <laughs> They're Ukrainian nesting dolls. Ukrainian now. nesting dolls, right? Yeah. Adorable little set of blue and yellow Ukrainian <laughs> nesting dolls. Uh, you know, we have to zoom out and be the biggest one and the smallest one at the same time and everyone in between and be integrated. One of the things that I recently discovered because of the, our last, um, on Sunday, we had a guest teacher in Temple Aquaria. He's, he really helped me integrate uh, this split. I was only able to operate out of the largest nesting doll or the smallest nesting doll, right? Which would be like my little ego or the all, the end all be all. And really, we need to start integrating that and be all of those at the same time, because that's when we can start really creating magic and dreaming ourselves into the heaven on earth that we deserve. And that is our birthright. So, yeah. And what you're talking about is really the collapsing of the separate, the illusory separation that we feel when we localize our consciousness just in one layer of our onion, if you will, that we are all these rings, all these different bodies from the astral body to the soul level body, all the way up to the complete source consciousness, unified field, zero point body. But we mostly just operate in this physical body and then sometimes like pop up into the mental body. <laughs> Some people don't even make it there. And then maybe when we're sleeping, we head into the astral. But this is an interesting subject because I think that the true initiation in a non-corrupted sense, in a non-controlled op de facto sense, the real initiation process, which can only really be led and guided by one's own spirit, one's own higher self is this exact thing that it is a step-by-step -step process unique to each individual that helps them first. Maybe they touch the zero point and then become aware of it. And then maybe even localize to that for a temporary space. But you also have to like figure out how to operate from all those levels 
at once, which does collapse the paradox of, of things here. So this is all very, this is cool that this is coming up because yesterday I did a group Oracle card reading session and I got into gene keys on the I Ching number 22, which is about grace. And I mostly only talked about the shadow of that particular factor, which was uh, dishonor, which is perfect for the concept of <laughs> getting yourself out of legal servitude. And then the, the gift of this is graciousness. But I didn't really talk a whole lot about the city level, you know, the massive spiritual superpower, God mode level thing, because it was, it was complicated. And I didn't really want to add another like 45 minutes to an hour onto the video. Plus, I didn't know if I was qualified or ready to even speak about it because I'm very early in the process myself, in my opinion. But what you're describing is exactly a follow on from this solo live stream I did yesterday. You're talking about the city of this particular jinky of grace, which is really a linchpin that connects all the other hexagrams or the 64, the eight by eight, all the different configurations of consciousness that we can articulate and experience in this particular infinity loop. So cool. It's cool that this comes up. It is super cool. It's, it's so, and this is another proof, right? That we're all so much more connected because what you're sharing is simultaneously helping me integrate, which I just had a, a class, like how random, right? Where we were able to, this was a wound I had of not being able to integrate the two. It was either extreme or here. And this gentleman, Corey, who is so lovely as a, as a human being, um, spoke on it and now it's helping me integrate. And then your words are helping me and I'm helping you and we might be helping others. And we're all kind of like quantumly entangled as different aspects of self. As we're taking ourselves through this collective dream, we're shifting from nightmare and we're waking ourselves up to take us to like the sweet dreams and the, and the heaven, right. And that little like nectar that we all deserve. The lucid dreams. Nice. The definition of, well, my father's definition of grace is a gift that you uh, do not deserve. And that's an interesting thought experiment. I meditate on that quite often, but it makes me kind of think about that purging of the de facto. You know, it's what, could you speak on that maybe a little more? Because I think of it as like giving yourself grace to you know, forgive whatever reality you were attached to before and give yourself the gift of moving on. Yeah. I just want to tack onto that, that the universe is a big redemption story, right? You think about it. There's so forgiveness is intrinsic to the field that we exist within. And it's a belief that separates us from the feeling of worthiness to be forgiven for this, that, or the other thing, but there will be a point, whether it's in this life or after it, where the slate is wiped clean again and we get to start over with only our gifts and only our strengths and let go of all the crud and accumulation and the dirt on our filters. So anyway, take it away, Kalina. Yeah. So I I think that 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 is what we're being given right now is that opportunity to just to detox the de facto. So if I were to like talk about the de facto, not from a legal perspective, because that's pretty obvious. I think everybody here knows what, what I mean when I talk about on the legal aspect from the quantum aspect. Um, it's the template that we get given when we are born, right? So we're, we come into this life and we're given this template and it's the, the general de facto template. And, um, we have to detox that 
And that template says you have limitations. You can't do this. You're, uh, of course, you're not infinite. Of course, you're not powerful. Of course, you're, you know, you're a sinner. You're horrible. You're all these things that you should be shameful of. Um, and that's interesting with the, the, um, definition your father gave on grace. I don't know if I resonate fully, but it, it's definitely something to ponder on and really like discover, right? Mm-hmm. Coming up for a reason. So in our case here, when I detox the de facto from my mindset, it is detoxing what I've been told to believe. Because right now we have to give ourselves that, that redemption right now. We have to wipe ourselves, our slate clean. How else can we really realize that we are like angelic at our heart and soul? We are pure. Yeah, we're not like perfect by any means, but we are we are pure and we deserve to live in a beautiful paradise, every one of us. And I, I mean, I think there's so much I could go into with that in my heart. I really believe that we all deserve abundance and that we all deserve community and we all deserve self-love. Um, but it's our own aura, right? We played the game. We dropped in. We forgot. We played small. We have all these limitations that we chose to take on. And they were swirling in our electromagnetic, you know, toroidal field for so long. And now we're no longer wanting to play that game. So we have to detox that. The de facto is what's not true. We have to detox what's false. And all of that's false. Nice. Isn't that word deserve? Deserve? It's kind of a right. weird one. And the, mm-hmm. maybe that idea of grace is a gift that we don't deserve could just apply to like eliminating that very concept of am I worthy or not? <laughs> you know, it's not, a, it, it no longer is part of the question. Every being it can receive forgiveness or, or redemption or purification. And in fact, I think that the only thing that makes us different than the rest of nature, which is on this sort of uh, upward spiral of expressing the epitome of what it is in every moment, is that we have this crazy, crazy monkey wrench called free will that lets us decide whether or not we deserve it and then thus reject the gift of grace that is always available. Nice. Yeah. Go ahead, Diego. Oh, well, one thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is that idea of like, uh, love thy neighbor as you would love thyself. And I see that that natural dynamic of humanity uh, taking a lot of hits, you know, and uh, there's for a very long time, it's been quite in style to, you know, kind of play that crabs in a bucket kind of role where you see, uh, instead of lifting yourself up, you pull your neighbor down, you know, and, uh, and I think that more, the more self-love we can all spread, uh, you know, that needs to be the new variant self-love. And then we can, you know, lift, lift everybody up out of the crab bucket and we can go play some Samba on the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. And honestly, this is so quantum because I've literally been like, you, I don't even have words because it's so you've, you've said words that I've been like really focusing on. And even with the crab scenario, I just recently was, I just learned about that in regards to some people. Um, anyways, I'm not going to get into that, but, um, it's really quantum and I see in the chat. Now I finally learned how to turn on the chat quantum carry. That's my bestie, by the way. 
<laughs> she's in the chat. She's blowing it up. Um, Shout out Quantum Carrie. Yeah, she's epic, dude. She's she's got that whole Wahe Guru thing going on. Um, anyway, um, yeah, like <laughs> she's always on point, man. She this girl does etymology like none other. Anyways, um, yeah, I, I do think that the self love. Wouldn't that be an amazing variant, right? And like at the beginning of the PSYOP, I talked about like horizontal um, gene, whatever, like spread with this because they were trying to say that, oh, this is so bad because the horizontal, whatever. And I kind of broke it down in like a terms of, in terms of energetics, right? So self-love is addicting. And the more that we really, um, and, and addicting, but I'm sorry, um, what's the word where it's? Infectious. Thank you. Gosh, it's like wiped out of my brain, right? It doesn't exist. Um, so it, it is really um, contagious. And my energy field, when I realize, wait, I'm divine. I'm not perfect, but I, I know my heart and I know that I'm a good person and I know that my intentions are pure. Just by being around other people, we literally can lend them our biophotons for a tiny frame, you know, for the time that we share together. And then poof, they get the activation code for what that feels like. And then they can turn their themselves on by, you know, activating those neural networks. And this is my definition of biohacking for whoever wanted to ask earlier. Uh, my definition of biohacking is simply realizing that the external is only a reflection of your internal state. So if you want to change the outside and you're seeing a wound, like in my case, I think this is why I brought up the Air Force. Um, I saw that there was a direct correlation to my trauma and it was a big charge trauma and I needed the whole two years to really get over it. And the quickest thing I could have done to stop this in my personal reflection would have been to address that wound a lot quicker. Instead, I went through the whole gamut of fight or flight and all the reactions. Um, but I eventually got to a point where I was no longer scared of it because I know my authority and I know where I stand. Um, where is the, is the free will? Like my free will says, I'm sorry, that's not for me right now. I chose this. I'm going over here. And now we're getting to rewrite those light codes. And that's what I believe biohacking is. And like Chance said, you can biohack and detox the parasites or whatever in your body and see that direct reflection and correlation on the external. That's biohacking for me is biohacking using my biology to hack this reality in this quantum world. So yeah, and it doesn't have to stop at biology. It can be at emotions or trauma, basically any photons that we have. So yeah, that was my definition for that lady who called me an agent. <laughs> uh, I got I one question that came to mind and I don't know why this came to mind, it, um, but do you guys by chance have a 3D printer at, at the temple yet? No, I don't, but I, it's been on my mind because I live so far out there and I live like alone with my birds and my cats and nice because I don't, I don't want to go into town. But the thing is, is that we are tasked with going into town. Why? Mm -hmm. Because our DNA leaves little light code traces for up to six months everywhere we step. And when people interact with those fields, guess what? They get to temporarily borrow your consciousness, which is amazing, right? So we should be going out into public. And those of us that are, you know, conscious to some degree or whatever, we should be out there being of service, right? We should be out there lending our spiritual practice and path to people should they choose. Nice. I love that. Yeah, I'm completely with you. I think um, the uh, you can't really overstate the level of permission that other 
human beings might feel to be themselves if they see you being yourself. That is what, uh, to bring it back to the idea of self-love being infectious, I think that's what it is. <laughs> you're, like, you're giving other people permission to love themselves when you love yourself. And I think maybe even the only type of love that exists is self-love. Once you re- recognize the zero point of the unified as- aspect of all life in this fractal, then what, what are you doing when you're trying to love other people? Well, you're trying to basically make yourself feel better about the fact that you are not getting the love. Like we try, we try to give what it is that we want to receive a lot of times. And what we really ought to be expressing is care. And that's what is it, like possible when we love ourselves then it's easy to care about other people and everything because the thing that we're loving is also in everybody else, the I am. But whenever we just put others first and we fall for this Messiah, 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 <laughs> coined it. That's a new one. Messiah. That's, that's what it is. I've been calling it like savior programming, but no, Messiah. That's the one because the Messiah works in many ways. First of all, it gives you the belief that like you want to sacrifice yourself for the collective. That's why you need this cow poke because you're doing it for everyone else. And my face diaper protects you and your face diaper protects me and all that BS and how we got that from the inversion of the, the sun God religion of old in the form of the redeemer you know we're we're, this is how it always works it's the externalization the dark occult always externalizes what's an internal process and i've been talking about redemption as intrinsic to the universe but it's your story it's an inner redemption you got to be your savior (laughs) you got to be your messiah if you will and you do that by loving yourself so radically and putting yourself first so much that that is what imprints on the quantum level because this body is the image of the universe. And if it's receiving full, unfiltered, no middleman, no parasites or vampires skimming off the top, pure, 100% grade A self-love, then the whole, it's like, it's literally like the universe is getting the energetic infusion that you're giving your body. And that's what causes things to, that's why we have this idea of manifestation and law of attraction and all that. But it doesn't really work if you don't put the capital S self and the I am at the center of everything where it belongs. That's a good rant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kalina. Yes. I know they're not supposed to use the codes that we saw earlier and they're going to change those. But don't you guys. Kara wanted to know if you're going to share code for your site that is for listeners today. Um, What do you want your code to be? You choose. My code? Like for your people's. For my people. Um, just, it's easier than typing interverse. So could it just be chance? Yeah. Yeah. Or do, is that good or would you rather it was interverse? No, I don't care. You two, it just doesn't. I mean, I was using meow, right? Like, <laughs> let's go with, yeah, let's go with the uh, chance because it's okay. fewer letters. All right. So it's going to be chance. I'm, I'm going to have to write this down. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. Hold on. Please do. Yeah. And if I forget, then. Um, chance code. Okay. I'll do that tonight. Like after we get off this, I'll do that immediately. You are such a hard worker. <laughs> it's crazy. Cause like past your bedtime and everything. Good thing you had that. I don't even enema. realize that. Right. <laughs> I'm still kind of a little bit jittery, but um, it's, it's easing a little bit, but yeah. I've been, I've been really um, in love with working 
and you know, you spend so much time alone out there, especially like I go weeks sometimes without seeing anybody else or speaking to anybody else other than my animals. And, you know, you do get to feel this sensation of loneliness. And Carrie and I were actually talking about loneliness earlier today. And, um, no, ch- chance isn't case sensitive. It'll just, it, upper, upper, lower case doesn't matter. Sorry. I'm, just, I just it. Anyways, I'm not um, sensitive about cases. <laughs> so with, with loneliness and this opportunities to be alone, you really get to like be with the divine and, and have both of the, par- you get to live in the paradox so much more like where you're you and that's you. And yet it's you and this is not you, right? It's this whole con, it's really rich and complex. And I, I, I've spent, um, almost eight years of my life, like single and mostly alone. And now being in the woods, right? Um, it's such, it's such an amazing time because now I get to be pure service. I get to like stay up late and work because I don't have anything to answer to. I don't have children, right? I don't, I don't got any of that. Um, and it's really a love relationship when you get to be of service and it's your mission and it's aligned. It doesn't feel like work, right? You guys know what that, what that's like. You're just like, I gotta do it now. Yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. That's, it's like it becomes it's the idea of vocation rather than occupation and transcending the recreation occupation trap mouse hamster wheel whatever that de facto is given to us where it's like okay you're gonna work for us for eight hours of your day but then you get eight hours of play but your play is actually programming for you to be a better worker for us and you know, here's these awesome vi- video games that are actually just like a different type of job. You know, you're collecting money and going on quests and programming yourself to believe that a hero is a mercenary that will do anything for some gold coins. But the vocational is where it's your occupation and your recreation fused into one. That it is what you most love and you're most passionate about. And you're able to use that to draw in the resources that you need and help others at the same time. And it's like, again, collapsing a duality <laughs> and living in a paradox because it's still work. So got to do stuff. But what I have noticed is that when you, when you do what's right for you, like say, if, for example, if uh, I had some work to do and it was going to go into the evening and I decided to just stay home and work and grind through it and skip exercise and skip doing things that are good for my body, I might get half as much work done in twice amount of time as I would if I went to the gym, spent a couple hours there and then came back and there's, it's a mystery how and why this works, but I would get twice as much work done in half the time after I did the right thing to initiate the flow state in, of energy in my body. So that's part of it, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're running out of time here. I'm going to announce too that Jim over at weaving spiders welcomes hosting flow state after vibrant that's on weaving spiders. Welcome on YouTube. It's where we get together we put our cameras on our artwork. We read books to each other and we activate the left brain, right brain at the same time, listening and crafting. We talk about what we're reading. It's a really good time. We'd love for you guys to come listen or join us on the Zoom call. And if you're listening, make sure you bring your pencils and your paint or whatever it is you'd like to make. So that's on Weaving Spiders. Welcome like every week. This has been an amazing vibrant, like unbelievable. <laughs> I knew yeah. it would be good. I had high expectations because I know what you're up to. So thank you for sharing all of yourself with us today and what you're able to make public. And Gabriel, as always, good to see you here, buddy. You guys Thanks have, for the invite. You guys have the floor for anything you want to say in closing with no rush, but 
you just have so you have all my gratitude and thanks. And I know the audience is probably quite astounded as well. This is one to return to and listen to again. Oh man, I'm glad that you feel like that. I feel like I've been a little scattered, um, at least in the beginning, but it's always a pleasure to reconnect with you, Chance. And every time I see what you're up to, I'm just blown away also because you're leveling up. And I don't think we get to see it, right? When we're leveling up, we really can't see that we're leveling up. And Gabriel, um, you just have such a beautiful energy feel to you. You're just like radiating this like comforting, warm <laughs> love. And I'm just, I'm, you really helped ground me actually today. So I'm grateful for you both. That's what I use them for too. Gabriel's my spirit animal. yeah um thank you guys for the kind words and for having me and yeah i'm grateful absolutely yeah it's an absolute honor to speak with you and uh i hope you know one of these days some of uh some of us can come down and partake of the beautiful temple vibes that you've put together maybe we'll install your 3d printer for you (laughs) please please come i I want friends to come and hang out with me in real life (laughs) it would be great right yeah i I have beautiful friends here locally but it would be nice to see some people that are like you know on the level too i'd love to make that journey with you bro yeah man we should we should team up and go down we could uh you know i would love to get into on some of the capoeira culture maybe we could like make some beer and bows and some kashishis and I got them already. I got a birimbao. I got a pandero. Yeah. Things that can be an atabaki, but yeah, like um, for sure. And and that's one of the cool things. We do a lot of drum circles with our temple, temple service. Mm. We have nighttime fires and Puerto Ricans are super good at percussion instruments, by the way. They're just fire at that. And like having like introducing the capoeira culture with them and kind of sharing and stuff. It's, it's been awesome, but yeah come through the temple sleeps 10 currently i'm hoping to expand so maybe not this year this year's going to be everything landscaping next year i'm hoping to have you know manifested uh, a beautiful open air studio on the river island with, with like you know fold down little beds so we can have communal sleeping and a ton of uh, people and yeah israel you want to relocate here let me tell you okay in closing before, before mm-hmm. we go did mm-hmm. you know that in Puerto Rico, there is a law. If you find an abandoned home, you just register it with an office called CRIM and make a couple repairs, change the locks. And if nobody contests you, you own it within a certain amount of time, one year to 10 years, depending on the location. Did you guys know all around me is not only are we on spring water, not only are we on hydroelectric, but also we are, have the most fertile soils on the island. And there's a ton of abandoned houses there. Nobody wants to live there because there's no cell signal. <laughs> Oh man, goodbye America. <laughs> and now we can build all the things I want to build. Oh my gosh, I have visions, I've got ideas for how we can expand. So yeah, come come be my neighbor. Awesome. And next time we talk, I'd love to get more into the the healing arts aspect of the temple offerings. But there's only so much time in a night, and then we gotta leave room for flow state over on Weaving Spiders Welcome, which is also really fun. And thanks everybody for tuning in. This has been so much fun. Huge honor to even know somebody that's this deep into the creating of the new earth. Like, wow, this is, you can't see yourself, you know, when you're in your own skin suit, but man, you have got some serious superpowers, Kalina. What a life. What a life. You're going to watch your life review movie 
someday if you don't just like transcend into immortality without dying. <laughs> and you're going to be like, man, this was a badass movie. <laughs> I'm really good at this game. So, yeah, thanks for being here, everybody. Love you all. And also, I've uh, got to remind you, whenever I remember to, hit me up for sound healing, our technician stuff, oracle card reading, whatever you want. Chance at interversepodcast.com. would love to work together. And I'm definitely going to be looking into making some courses or maybe like uh, sound healing that you can just access at any time from your website. Stuff like that would be really cool. So we will stay in touch. Thank you, beautiful people. Much love, everybody.